How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Welcome back to Locked on Bucks, presented by Brewhoop.com. I'm Frank Madden, joined by, as always, Eric Name. And uh, Eric, we've got the red flashing light up. It's it's our second big emergency podcast of the summer. <laughs> the, emergency the, pod. <laughs> the first one being uh, Miles Plumley's signing, which, uh, uh, well, I don't want to call it. I didn't. I don't want to say it became an emergency for the wrong reasons because it wasn't really an mm. emergency. But um, we have breaking news. We have a signing, uh, or at least news of a signing coming from Mark Stein, which means that uh, uh, it, it should be correct. And that news is at the. Bucks are in advanced discussions to sign uh, former Rocket and Net and uh, Maverick and Hawk. And I, I think he was on the Kings for a brief like cup of coffee and then basically was like, I don't want to play here. And so they traded him. But that man is Jason Terry, uh, soon to be 39-year-old combo guard Jason Terry, uh, filling out the last presumptive roster spot. Although, I'm saying last for Zosha's spot. We've been assuming Steve Novak will actually sign for the, for the 14th spot. But either way, uh, a couple of veterans uh, climbing into the uh, the back end of the uh, of the Bucks bus here, uh, Jason Terry and uh, and Steve Novak. So, Eric, name uh, what is your your immediate spicy hot take on this extremely important signing of of Jason Terry? Um, I th- I'm pretty cool with it. Uh, it seems all right. Jason Terry seems like a fine person. Um, <laughs> older dude. I, from what I know of him, he shoots a lot of threes, which is a cool thing. Um, I honestly, as we were getting ready for this pod, I went to his statistics, his basketball reference page, and was shocked that he's played 72 games last year, 77 the year before. And in both of those seasons, uh, 17 and a half minutes per game this year, 21.3 the year before. And honestly, my first thought kind of was, huh, this is, <laughs> this is okay insurance if Vaughn and Brogdon are bad. And the fact that rather than them playing 20 minutes a night, 25 minutes a night, whatever it may have been, if there wasn't another veteran guard kind of signed, now if they're bad, it can just be like five minutes a night between the two of them. Like, all right, you guys couldn't get it done in your your stint, and you're bad, so now we're going to go with Jason Terry. And tomorrow night, you'll get another chance to earn those minutes again. And if you don't do it, well, we're just going to go with Jason Terry again. And we have this veteran that's there and can take your minutes until you guys figure it out. And I I, I feel like that's a good thing for both of them. And I also feel like he's a good person to learn from. He seems like a, a generally nice guy. He seems like he's pretty good in locker rooms. Um, people keep wanting to have him around as an old guy. So there's gotta be something there, right? Yeah. You know, I, uh, as, as I've mentioned previously, my, my wife's from Houston. She's a big Rockets fan, which, uh, 
wasn't great last year. Was uh, was more enjoyable the year before. And but now so you're I, our resident Jason Terry. Expert. I know, and I'm I'm the I'm Milwaukee's. I'm Wisconsin's Jason Terry expert. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, you know, look, I mean, Terry, you're signing this guy to be, you know, your 14th or 15th guy, and and we'll see. As you mentioned, I think he he certainly could could challenge some of those young guys for minutes uh, at the combo spots, especially because you kind of know what you're going to get from him. Um, but he was a guy that you, you know, I mean, it's one of these things. Like I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the numbers here a little bit, but. Bottom line, you know, when he came into games for the Rockets, and the Rockets obviously are a team that that had uh, a ball dominant non point guard in James Harden, who was the focal point of the offense, and we're seeing obviously a Bucks team that you know, Giannis is not James Harden, but he's another guy who's not a point guard, or you know, he's not defending point guards, and he uh, he's going to be getting the ball a lot. So I think the uh, you know, again, as we saw with Matthew Delvadova, this is another signing of a guy who is comfortable. You know, he can sort of still defend point guards a little bit. Uh, he can spot up for threes. And other than that, you know, he'll just kind of stay out of the way and, and stay in his lane. And uh, he knows how to play with with guys like Giannis. And, and obviously, you know, Chris Milton is another guy like that. And then I think, you know, you can look at some of the other guys on this team. I think, you know, if you want to think about it, first unit, second unit, uh, certainly Michael Carter-Williams, if he's around, uh, another guy who obviously can defend both backcourt spots, has good size, uh, is not a shooter, uh, wants the ball. And if you want to put a guy like Jason Terry out there with somebody like Michael Carter-Williams, I think that, you know, it can potentially work. And and hmm, I think, you know, yeah. again, ultimately the the bar is not that high for, for this position. Um, and that's a theme I think that we have discussed certainly in regard to Ray Allen and some of the rumors that were around Ray Allen. Um, before we get to Ray Allen, because I'm sure... I think if there are strong opinions about the arrival or the potential slash impending arrival of Jason Terry, it's probably going to be in relation to people who really wanted the Bucks to try to land uh, Rayon. Obviously, there have been some reports that the Bucks have been talking to Rayon, and you know, it's, I mean, again, Rayon hasn't played basketball in two years. Uh, as old as Jason Terry is, almost thirty-nine. Rayon is two years older and hasn't played basketball in two years. Uh, so, uh, you know, again, if Rayon was really going to come back, I, I don't know if that was going to happen. Uh, I don't know if it was going to happen in Milwaukee, but this obviously sort of closes the book on that. Apparently, um, so I think there might be some people who are you know upset that they'd rather have Rayon around. But um, I think just looking at Jason Terry, I think some of the interesting things about him, um, you know, look at his RPM last year. So his his you know basically predicted impact on the court uh, about even offensively so the the you know again he was i think still very competent offensively in terms of his ability to stretch the floor uh again kind of does what uh what needs to be done and, and doesn't try to get out of that too much um you know interesting stat he took almost 70 percent of his shots last year were threes uh and he took only about i think six or seven percent of the shots were long twos so basically 10 times as many threes as long twos which you know is, is one of those rocket ball type things is uh trying to cut out the long twos and obviously i think that's a that's a good thing when you guys have a guy who's willing and, and able to shoot threes. He was at uh, right around thirty six percent last year, thirty eight percent for his career. So a guy who has been able to knock down threes throughout his career, and that's obviously an important thing for the Bucks. Um, I think the interesting thing two years ago, especially. I mean, you mentioned the games played. He played seventeen uh, playoff games two years ago, and I was looking at his uh, ESPN scouting report. And look, I mean, his defensive numbers were, as you might imagine, of a thirty nine year old combo guard were not great last year. Uh, his RPM was was like negative two point eight, which you know is is bad, right? I mean that's kind of below replacement level. It's uh, actually even worse than Rashad Vaughn. Uh, but you know it was interesting reading the ESPN scouting report, which was before last season. We don't have the newest one yet, but um, I'll just read a kind of quick quick. 
piece of that. Um, and it said the most pleasant surprise of Terry's season was how well he held up defensively at point guard. In fact, the Rockets actually were better defensively with Terry on the court than defensive stalwart Patrick Beverly, though that probably reflects the lineups they played with and noise. So still, Terry did a credible job defending Chris Paul in the playoffs before struggling to track Stephen Curry off the ball in the West Finals. So I think that's kind of an encouraging thing. You know, I mean, again, you're not looking for him to be a stopper. You're not going to have a really high bar for a guy like him. But, you know, can he get out there and, you know, he's not going to need a wheelchair to get around the court. Um, I think he's he still falls in that category. So I, I think, you know, he's a known quantity. Um, he's not going to make an impact defensively, but he might, you know, get away with whatever uh, on that end. And, and obviously you can kind of maybe try to hide him a little bit, especially if you're playing him with Michael Carter-Williams. So I I mean, I'm. We talked about him before, um, and I need to look up. Somebody actually wrote a fan post uh, about Beverly being available. But uh, let me kind of ask you the question. So, uh, this is probably the thing that that you know people again are, are going to be you know bitter about if they're going to have an opinion about Jason Terry, which is uh, you know if you were the Bucks and let's say we, we don't haven't seen a number on Jason Terry, let's say he signs for you know, around the minimum, like 1.55 million or something like that, which is the, the veteran's minimum for a guy who's been in the league 10 plus years. Um, let's say that Rayon was demanding the full room exception, which is 2.9 million. Would you have, if you were the Bucks, signed Ray Allen rather than Jason Terry? Ooh, that's tough. Uh, probably just because obviously you have that, the nostalgia that that gets in there and maybe you sell a few more tickets and maybe just maybe again i i commented over and over again that players just don't give their powers over to other people like because you play with ray allen doesn't mean all of a sudden you're a great three-point shooter so it's not guaranteed to happen but maybe in some world like his shooting touch kind of gets passed over or maybe some of his shooting drills or the way he approaches the game um but as i start to think about it and i think we've kind of talked about this is ray allen always has had good work habits and more than most players they might have bordered on mm, maniac level uh that like like that kobe level like which is all great and you want to you want your players to have that work ethic but that might not necessarily be the best for passing it on to other people and might not be the best for uh sharing that information where they're just so focused on getting their body 100% perfect they're shooting 100% perfect whatever it may be getting themselves 100% perfect that they're not willing to pass it on and like I said, like Jason Terry seems like a good dude. Like he seems like a nice guy. Like he seems like the type. Again, this is impossible to try to really predict without actually being in the locker room or seeing the effect they have. But he seems more like the type that would put his arm around a young guy and kind of try to help out in that way. So um, I don't. Again, I probably take round just for the nostalgia and just for the sliver of a chance that maybe some of his shooting touch magically rubs off on Giannis and Jabari, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. What do you, what do you think? It's, it's sort of those things like, I, I think it's easy for us to say sign Ray Allen because he's, you know, one of the greatest three point shooters of all time and has this great work ethic. And of course, you know, he can teach Giannis and Jabari and Chris about being a star and, you know, he's got, He's going to sell some tickets and et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
but it, it's it does seem like more pragmatic to sign a guy like Terry who is slightly younger and and you actually do have evidence uh, from the last year that that he can still play in the NBA and I think the the personality thing is interesting and you know again I'm I'm going to be have to have to speculate a little bit here cuz I mean again I don't know I, you know either of these guys personally right um you know Jason Kidd certainly does know both of these guys personally he coached and played with Jason Terry uh won a title with Jason Terry in, in Dallas uh, obviously, he you know knows Ray Allen. He he played with Ray Allen in the Olympics. I think at some point maybe, um, but you know whatever. Um, it is interesting because Ray is, as you were saying, he's one of these kind of like disciplined work ethic, you know, uh, pattern yourself after his preparation type guys. But I have no idea what he's like as a voice in the locker room, you know, because he always struck me as more of a kind of introverted type guy and yeah. Jason Terry is, is not introverted. You know, Jason Terry's a much more vocal kind of guy. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think there's, I think you can legitimately hope that, you know, hopefully Jason Terry can come in and, and be a positive voice, uh, in maybe in ways that Rayon couldn't have been. Um, I think if you're just basing it on, um, you know, again, uh, playing on court, off court and you strip out sort of the nostalgia, the ticket selling, uh, the sort of fan excitement piece, you know, I think I'd give the edge to Jason Terry, uh, just because we know kind of what he is more at this point versus Ray. Again, I mean, Ray Allen could have come back the last two seasons, and for whatever reason, he didn't. Um, so I don't know what that says about Ray Allen's sort of interest level and, and whatever. And I don't know. I'm I'm still curious to see if he actually comes back. Uh, I still think there's probably a good chance he doesn't even come back this year. Uh, in which case, you'd hope that we won't have to hear about Ray Allen again next year. Um, but uh, but I think Terry's pretty, you know, I mean, I think it's pretty predictable that, that he should be, you know, certainly not a negative and hopefully a positive. And as we said, you know, again, not going to be an impact type of player, given the stage of career he's at. But from a fit standpoint, um, he's an interesting guy. And I guess on that topic, um, you know, when we look at this in the context of the entire Bucks summer, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Like when you think about the type of player Terry is and the type of guys that the Bucks have gone after, um, all this sort of kind of makes sense, right? I mean, these are, I mean, in a lot of ways, and I get people might have preferred Ray Allen, but in a lot of ways, these are the types of moves, you know, when you think about position and tendencies and, and the complementary nature of the players the Bucks have gone after, um, you know, it's all kind of fit together, hasn't it? Yeah, I was going to say, I think on the eve of free agency, whenever, I think we released that podcast, our free agency prediction podcast, I think on that Friday, maybe that Thursday night, somewhere around there, right before it all got kicked off. And both of us kind of came to the realization that though the splashy signings are cool and it's more fun for us to write some think pieces about Dwight Howard and his potential impact on the Bucks and whether or not he's good or bad, in the end, we both kind of came to the realization that it would be best if the Bucks were frugal and they went with some shorter deals and they didn't spend a ton of money. And really aside from the miles Plumley contract that both of us aren't friends with, <laughs> we're not, we're not friends with it. We don't like it. Like there's nothing. Does it have a Facebook page? Does the miles Plumley contract have a Facebook page? Cause I guess we're, I'm not afraid. Yeah. I guess we're not friends with it, but yeah, like ahead. it's, it's just not a good thing. So we don't really love it, but, other than that, 
everything else kind of fit that bill. And the Delhi contract, I think both of us would prefer if it was two or three years instead of four years. But the Mirza Toledovich contract is only a three-year deal. Again, maybe we wish it was two instead of three, but it's it's cheaper deals. And then you look at Jason Terry, Steve Novak, and all but points to the Bucks truly figuring out what they have in Giannis and Jabari and Chris and kind of trying to figure out what this core is and they haven't really punished themselves in, in any other way other than obviously the Miles Plumley contract. So as a whole, if Miles signs something like we were talking about where it's three years, maybe 30 million, uh, three for 27, something like that, that's probably almost an a minus summer for the Bucks, or at least pretty close. Obviously, it, a Monroe trade would help that uh, that grade a little bit. But with the Plumlee deal, I don't know. It's probably like a B minus C somewhere in that area. Um, so it, it's just interesting to kind of think about it in the the whole scheme of things and what the Bucks were really trying to do this off season and it's it's pretty clear this is this is the big threes team and however they develop and however they try to do things that's gonna be how the Bucks go yeah and I think the you know the tough part obviously with free agent signings is to get a, a free agent you know to get a, a guy like Delavadova who I mean look Delavadova had other options right it's not like the Bucks are the only team that would have wanted to sign him Toledovich similar. Um, Plumley probably that that's where the question is. You know, was there really a market for him that would, would have been anywhere close to what he got? But for those other guys, I mean, look, you know, I, I get it. To, to get Delavadova, you probably need to throw him a fourth year. To get Toledovich, you probably need to throw him a third year. Um, so that's just sort of the way free agency works. And I think ultimately the thing you look at in free agency is is it a player that you actually want on the team first and first and foremost? And in terms of whether or not you got a good deal. You know, a lot of what I think is, you know, it comes down to um, can you move the contract if you wanted to? And oftentimes you can't just because, look, you won the bidding war for a guy. And, you know, if there were multiple teams offering the same thing, that's great. But as we saw at the Greg Monroe deal, multiple teams wanted Greg Monroe at the max and they haven't been able to move him. So, um, so again, I don't know if you can trade Delvadova with his contract right now for, you know, an asset. But, look, he fits here as well as probably anywhere. And so I think that's the other kind of key thing is you say, you know, does that guy make sense on this team more than any other team or as much as on any other team? And I think for Delavadova, you know, even for Toledovich, I mean, you can make that case for Plumley as well. You know, Jason Terry, another guy. I mean, look, um, he probably realized that, hey, he might actually play in Milwaukee. And he can obviously bring something uh, from an off-court perspective as well in terms of his locker room presence. So I think the moves are all pretty logical. Um, and again, we can we can obviously raise that question about the Miles Plumley contract. But um, I, I would agree. I mean, you know, uh, Steve Von Horn and I always used to say in, our, in, a, in, in years past, you know, going into the summer, you look at the history of not just the Bucks, but most small market free agent uh, histories, you know, do no harm. That should be the goal. <laughs> Don't make any horrible mistakes. And there have been lots of mistakes <laughs> that the Bucks and other teams have made. Uh, the number of great deals that the Bucks have signed in free agency is tragically small. <laughs> um, I, I think. I think when I asked this question on Twitter and asked people to nominate the best uh, free agent contracts the Bucks have signed, I think. I think the Zaza Pachulia three-year, $15 million deal, I think, and the Mike Dunleavy uh, two-year, I think it was $7 million deal. I think those were like the two best ones. Um, That's you brutal, could argue, Frank. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could argue, I think, like, the first Charlie Bell contract, which was, I think, two or three years and a few million, a really cheap one. But anytime you start talking about bigger dollar amounts, it is hard to spend money wisely in free agency. I mean, that look, that's where, you know, we talk about it. You can't spend money on max. You know, max guys are underpaid, true max guys. Rookies are underpaid. And everybody else in between is is overpaid, relatively speaking. So um, that's where the money tends to flow. And and if you can get away with you know not making bad moves and actually getting guys who help your team and actually getting them on deals that you can live with, that's that's probably you know things you can live with. And uh, we'll see. Obviously, if guys like Delvadova and and Toledovich and and Miles Plumley can can fill kind of good roles for the Bucks, but you know obviously the the hope is that they can do things that they've done things similarly in the past and if they can continue to do those that that would obviously be a positive. So anyway, I think we'll probably wrap it up there Ooh, on this. I got some stuff. Oh, you got um, some you got some big you got some more hot Jason Terry fire to, to no, get to. No, no, I got some I, jet I, fuel. Oh god. Oh god. Um I got some over unders. Uh four and a half games that Jason Terry starts this year. Four and a half. Hmm. I'll go over. Ooh, really? What did, what did he start? What did he last year? I think he started like seven. I think uh, he um, start, started seven games last year, eighteen the year previous. Yeah, I, he just seems like again because he is a shooter. Um, like if if the so I, I think we both hope that Delavadova starts and then MCW yeah. comes off the bench, and if Delavadova gets hurt, doesn't no, yeah. Terry? Yeah. Doesn't Terry make some sense? You know, especially if you you know guys like you know Kid and a lot of coaches uh, will often try to keep continuity with you know if they like their kind of sixth seventh yeah. man type roles, they might they sometimes put in more of a role player to start and then just cut his minutes short. So I mean I'm not saying that Jason Terry's going to play 30 minutes a night if he started, but um, if Delvado was hurt, the infamous Job start, the Job start exactly. So maybe the Jet start. Uh, could all could also happen, but again, I I don't I'm not advocating that Jason Terry get a bunch of starts, but I'm just saying it's it's possible and uh, might not be horrible. So you'll take the over there, okay? I got another number, over under three and a half jet celebrations. You know where he sticks his arms out, <laughs> three and a half. Do we get more or less than three and a half jet we'll celebrations? I think I think we'll definitely because because you have to realize so those are only Jason Terry. I have more over unders later because I think <laughs> it used to be it used to be that he would do that when he dunked, which was very rare, and then occasionally when he hit big shots, he would do it. Like he's gotten now. Like if he makes like an, an, a fast break layup, he will do <laughs> the jet flying. So the bar has become gone very low. So I'll take the over on any jet celebrations. See, uh, I was, I was jet celebrations to do. <laughs> I was thinking it was still that when he hits a big shot that he does it. So I, I'm behind on my jet celebrations. The last one, I think the most fun one, over under one and a half Giannis jet celebrations. Oh. Well, you know, Eric Benning uh, had a had a good joke about, you know, jet teaching Giannis the jet celebration and then potentially hurting people in the front row given his wingspan is significantly <laughs> it's a lot of greater than, a lot of than than Jason Terry's. Uh, you know, because I feel like that, like Yana, if Giannis hits three threes in a game, like it's jet <laughs> celebration. I could see him doing it as a joke sort of celebration with jet, but it doesn't really seem to be Giannis's style. I, I don't know the the like. I feel like a lot of times when Giannis makes big plays, he gets more pumped up. So sort of an ironic celebration doesn't really seem 
doesn't really seem his bag. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the under. I don't think we're gonna see Giannis Jet celebrations. Oh, I'm taking the over. I got two of them. I think there's gonna be like one game early where he hits like three or four threes, and he'll do one, and then maybe late in the season he'll he'll have a couple threes in a game and throw us another Jet celebration. But that's that's just my opinion. That's all I got for over unders. I thought we needed to do that. Yeah, it, you can't cap off a, an emergency Jason Terry podcast without some jet celebration related over unders. Uh, in any case, uh, let us know what you think about the jet signing. Um, leave us a note in the comments, shoot us an email, tweet at us. Let us know, uh, if there's anything else you'd like us to, uh, be podcasting about. Uh, we are definitely going to be podcasting this weekend. So, uh, we'll try to think of some good topics. We, I think we have at least one guest lined up, uh, but I won't say who it is just yet because we haven't done it yet. <laughs> but anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, again, subscribe on iTunes. Check out all of the Locked On NBA podcasts, including the Locked On NBA kind of flagship podcast. Uh, I had some really good guests on there with Dave Locke recently uh, and all the different teams now. I, I think we're close to every team having a Locked On Yeah, podcast. we are getting so that's, close. Uh, so that's that's pretty exciting and uh, lots of familiar names, uh, lots of great great talented people. Certainly more talent, more talented people than than me uh, podcasting about their respective teams. But uh, if you're a Bucks fan, sorry, you're stuck with us. <laughs> anyway, until next time, until next week, probably. Uh, thanks for listening to Locked On Bucks. Thank you, Eric, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon.